Good morning, everybody. Oh, my gosh. Gryffindor. Gryffindor made an appearance in my superhero challenge, um, MVIT challenge video today on abs. He wanted to be in the spotlight, so he became my weighted ab, <laughs> part of my weighted abs. Anyway, if you're in my challenge, I hope you're loving it and enjoying it. We're on the home stretch, so stay strong as you guys are finishing out workouts and crushing some meal plans. I've loved seeing just the camaraderie and the support you guys are giving to each other. The 21 day challenge, I've ran this for a long time, but it's such a really big piece of who I am because it's just a bunch of awesome information from a lot of really cool people. So it's never too late to jump in at any time. You won't do it at the same time as everybody. My next real time one will be in October. Um, but you still can have access to all the videos and all the meal plans for 21 bucks. So never too late. I had a great weekend at fitness on the rocks on Saturday with the MPAC just crushing some stairs. You guys love some fitness. I mean, I don't know if you guys saw pictures, but it takes a lot of fitness to get up and down those stairs and people did them multiple times. So it was incredible to be around that energy. Um, holy cow, all types of fitness, all types of people just ready to work out. So those kind of events are always fun to do, especially in my hometown. And if we're doing, I guess it's not really my hometown, but my adopted town. And speaking of doing these kind of energy filled workouts. I'm going to be in California. So if you're in your Cal if you're in California this weekend, I will be heading to San Jose for the Fit Expo and hosting a workout on Sunday morning at 10:30. And I'll be at the um Evolve Motion Impact booth. You know, I'll post when I'm going to be there, but sporadically through Saturday and Sunday. So I would love to meet you guys, come work out with me, and if you can't, then just stay in touch on Instagram. And that's pretty much the big things happening the next few days, um, few weekends. Uh, thrilled to have this guest because I have not talked to her in so long. So it was for selfish reasons and I wanted to connect with her. This is a part of my life that some of you may or may not know, but I was um, on real world DC when I was 20 years old. And from there I went and did some challenges through MTV and just completely loved them because you can just do weird things that you never would ever be able to do in real life. And, um, Sarah Rice has been somebody that's done all the challenges that I've done. And I just have always loved having her energy around me. And she just is a smart, fun, incredible person. And it was so awesome to have her on this podcast. So loved hearing about what she's doing now and just some really awesome, fun things that she's into. So she's studying um, to be a therapist. She's almost done and she's just going to be changing all these lives. And I hope you guys, guys enjoy our talk and all the fun little personality talks that we did. And she's a hundred percent. I don't want to ruin it, but her spirit animal, I knew exactly her spirit animal before she said it. And it's so her. <laughs> so anyway, have, um, fun listening and I'll be a guest on their podcast, brain candy podcast, Susie and Sarah's soon. And so be sure to go check out some of their stuff cause they are wonderful. Okay. Enjoy. <laughs> MFIT radio. Right, it's a Wednesday, and I have somebody who I love and admire, and I just am thrilled that you're on my podcast, Sarah. Welcome to Empit Radio. Hello, happy <laughs> to be here. 
Parker. Yay. So Sarah, um, Sarah Rice, but you're not Sarah Rice anymore. I know. I'm Sarah Patterson now. How is that? Is that such a big change? I mean, you're married. This is the coolest thing. You know what? The name thing, as funny as it was, was like a huge thing. I'm still, I still haven't officially changed it with the uh, admissions department at my school. So right now, everything still comes to me as Sarah Rice. But, uh, but yeah, everywhere else, for all legal purposes, I'm Sarah Patterson. Are you just so in love? Yeah, well, I mean, it's like anything. I, there's, I love my husband more than anything in the whole world, and I love starting this next chapter of my life because it really does feel like that, you know. There are phases in life, and sometimes when you're building, you know, the foundation for what you want for the future, and other times where you're, you know, concerned with your family, and right now it's just really that, like, be with the person I chose to be with for the rest of my life and kind of start building the foundation for the family we want to build. And we just started trying to, you know, we're on the making babies. Plan. That's, so so cool. that's really fun. <laughs> that's awesome. I mean, it's been, I was thinking how long it's been since I've seen you, but it's been since rivals, um, rivals two. Holy crud. Isn't that crazy? So it's been like three and a half, four years. Wow! I and know. Boy, boy, you've done a lot in those four, three and a half, four years too, <laughs> my dear. I know we are both staying busy. So I would love to hear about because you know you just have from the moment people meet you, you have just the biggest heart in the world. So um, I would love to hear what you're doing now. What are you going? You mentioned school. What are you going to school for? Well, I kind of, uh, you know, you weren't the only one to say that that I kind of have the big heart and I thought what better way to use it than in helping others. And I'm in school right now, just about to finish up my licensure as a marriage and family therapist. So I'll be a licensed marriage and family therapist and I can work with everybody from, uh, you know, any age and couples and kids and, um, you know, severely mentally ill and really just work it's one of those jobs where there's like zero money in it, but tons of karma points. So, (laughs) You know, it's, uh, it's a lot of um, working with very vulnerable populations and people who really need help the most. And I love it. And I'm almost, I have about six more months or so left of my uh, grad program. And then next semester, so just in about two months, I will start uh, having clients. That is so awesome. And you are, you are in the perfect field for who you are and your personality. And I just thought of this. This was so long ago. I'm going to throw it back. When we were in Prague for Cutthroat. Yes. I now am like, you know, I love spirit animals and my Enneagram. What's your Enneagram number? I don't even know what that is. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So my next podcast guest um, is this Enneagram expert. So I'll send you the link as soon as it is. But it's Enneagram, E-N-N-E-A-G-R-A-M. And it's mm-hmm. number one through nine. And I think it was popular like 20 years ago. And it's kind of... <laughs> remember this. I think I'm nine. Oh, man. Okay, cool. That's that's awesome. I I'm, I'll go through it. But that sounds vaguely familiar. And I feel like the number nine is like what I got. But anyways, keep going. No, that's... I can't wait to... Because I just... It's one of those cool things where I think sometimes personality tests is... But I love them. But sometimes it's like how you are right now and you might change. But with the... Right. Enneagram, it's like your nature, like this is who you are. And I think that's so rad. So um, I was just so curious. I, you should confirm your number and I will make sure I ask lots of questions in the next podcast. <laughs> yeah. 
I can't wait to check that out. Um, but long story. So I feel like when I first, I love those introspective things and those personality things, but yours, we were in Prague and we were, you started doing, um, it was calligraphy or I don't even know what you would say, but handwriting oh. analysis. Yes. And that, oh my God. Yeah. Been a long time. And that was my first experience with like figuring out who I was from like this weird alternative method. Like I, we wrote the paragraph and you would try to pick who everybody was based on the handwriting. Yep. And it is accurate. It is so accurate. And I can't even remember. I would love for people to know like some takeaways. So like, the one I remember was Johnny Bananas was writing really big. Uh-huh. Which just, you know, kind of shows your space in the world. What, what was that? Exactly it. So the, the when you're given a piece of paper and how big you write your letters indicates how much space you think you take up in the universe. That is so crazy. Because di- didn't, like, Derek write really small? I just remember these weird things. <laughs> Very small. Here are the people who I've done, uh, challenge people that I've done who write really small. Derek, uh, Durrell, um, Kahuta, and that's about it. <laughs> ones here and there. But if you look at Johnny, Evan, Kenny, my handwriting, Paula's handwriting, um, we're all, we all write enormous. <laughs> I love it. And it's so, so, and then like for me, the thing you said to me, I, I just have this weird memory for this stuff, but, um, mm-hmm. there is, I always am like part cursive, part handwriting. So like, I always am moving to the next thing. And that's what you said. You're like, you're always in the rush to the next, to get to the next thing. Yep. It's like People who don't even finish each letter and move on to the next letter before like they connect their letters. They're really quick. It's almost like you're ready to go to the next thing before you're even done with the first thing. You're like in, uh, on to the next one, on to the next one. And, uh, you know, and also, you know, it, like I mentioned when we t- started talking about the subject is it depends on what place you are in your life. If you look at the handwriting of new mothers, they are, it's much clearer, even if they were somebody who connected their letters a year ago, because they know where they are. They know that where they want to be. They feel very secure in their place, usually. And um, so they, they write different. And in France, you do it when you go uh, to a job interview, 25% of the job application is a handwriting analysis that they give you at that time because it tells more. You can't lie in that. Yeah. You can lie in the interview, but uh, your handwriting does not lie. I love that. What other personality tests do you really enjoy? Like, what are some that either you think are fun and maybe useless, but like that you really like or have been really helpful when you are trying to help people. Yes, there's, um, okay. So there are two different categories, really. We can look at the ones that are um, what they call evidence-based assessment inventories. And those are ones that are used in clinical practice and what I would use in like a therapeutic session. And those are professional um, assessments. So Things like the Beck Depression Inventory. So that's like a, a test you can take that will tell you um, a scale of depression to see if you are somebody who's depressed. Mm-hmm. They have that for uh, the Beck Anxiety Inventory as well. So you can check with, with anxiety levels. Um, there's the Myers-Briggs Personality Test. Mm-hmm. That one's a great one. I really recommend that. That one's one where that'll tell you um, it'll give you specific letters and the combination of letters that you have 
is very indicative of the kind of personality you have. And it'll also, there's a place online you can take it where it'll match you to the um, fictional characters that are similar to you. I love it. I just took it actually. And I, I will post it. Um, shoot. You know what? I don't even remember who I am, but well, I, uh, with Susie, so she's my co-host on the show. And she got, when we, when it said your fictional characters, I got Michael Scott from the office and she got Dwight Schrute from the office. <laughs> That's amazing. I got Claire Dumpy from, oh no, I got uh, Phil Dumpy from Modern Family and she was Claire Dumpy from Modern Family. <laughs> so we're perfect to be together. That's part. Will you send me that link so I can link this into the notes and yeah, people can take this? So love that because that's one that you should share with friends and family and that's like a real and a lot of people like you have taken it and know what it is and that's a really real fun one. So those are some that are more evidence based, more um, uh, there's like science, actual science behind it. But there's one that I love that's you know totally just irreverent and silly, but still has some good information. Um, and is fun to take is one that is about a cube. This it's like a story where somebody will say, and you can take them online. It'll it'll it's like a visualization um, test or whatever you want to call it. So it'll say the it starts with uh, you know you're in uh, a desert or you're in some like open space and you see in front of you a cube. Describe the cube. And so based on how you describe the cube and what it looks like, and then there's all the steps like, hey, that now there's a ladder and then there's a horse. And so it'll give you like these little pictures and the mental image that you paint, it's very vague in the information that they give you. And however you paint the picture tells a lot about your personality. And so at the end, they'll say like, this is what the cube represents and this is what the ladder represents and this is what the horse represents and blah, 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 blah. And there's absolutely zero science behind it, but it's super fun and I love it. I love that. I I don't know if I could ever do a challenge without you, Sarah, because this is how you entertained <laughs> us for weeks. <laughs> I'm curious what the heck they do when I'm not there. Well, the house is probably a mess and they're bored okay. out of their mind. Uh, uh, house when I wasn't there. So oh like, my gosh. Yeah. I love that. So I think it was like, um, yeah, but that cube one you put us through, it was a really cool way to see how you perceive your family and your loved ones. And you're like the way you, exactly. how, how important they are basically to your life, I guess. Yes. Uh, so yes. I like yes. that. I have a question for you that this is just genuine curiosity. I don't even know if this is going anywhere, but, um, I think the best uh, I think a lot of my clients and listeners there, there's always, you know, those big transitional phases and you, you've always been someone that's so sure of themselves and like has, you know, you know what you love and you do what you love, but especially going through reality TV and doing real world, real world Brooklyn. Um, did you know that you would end up where you are now? Was that, was there lots of question marks from where you were and where you are? And a ton absolutely a ton. And I think that that feeling of not knowing and not having a plan and feeling, um, I don't want to say insecure about the future or unsure, but just that it could be unpredictable is kind of what propels people who are successful to keep moving forward. Mm. And, you know, a lot of times when people come to me and they're like, Oh my God, I just, 
I feel like, you know, no matter what I get, I just want to keep nothing is good enough. And I just keep wanting to go out and find more and search harder and longer. And, and that's, that's a phase of life. That is absolutely where you should be. Somebody who just wants to sit around and is totally complacently fine with where they are in their life isn't going to be one who, you know, moves mountains. Mm. You've got to really have that feeling of like, this isn't enough. And that's a feeling that, you know, we shouldn't uh, fear as much. But I think a really important part of it is, you know, for me, there were so many things that I was interested in and so many things that I was passionate about that I'm like the queen of starting 500 projects and maybe two come to fruition. And I don't think that there's necessarily any... I've learned, I've had to learn in my adult life how to have more focus and how to decide um, really what it is that's important to me and what things are going to like, quote unquote, fill my cup and what things are draining. Oh, that is so good because I think we kind of assume, you know, it's this idea I have, so it's automatically going to fill me up. But a lot of times it's like the, it takes a lot, a lot of, I think it takes a lot of guts to realize yes. that what you created is actually draining you. And, or what you create isn't, yes, is a- absolutely, is draining you, is not what you really love to do. Mm. Like there were things I, and especially if you're somebody who has a lot of skills or is really passionate about learning more and doing more, then you can be good at a thousand things. But maybe you're just great at two things and there's nothing wrong with that. And maybe you have to try a thousand things to find those two things that you are really good at. But once you do, it makes it easier to let go of those other things that you're just so, so at, you know, and really working on, on being excellent at the things that you are passionate about and finding that fit, you know, for a lot of time, for a lot of time, for me, I spent a lot of my life just trying on different hats and seeing, you know, I worked in sales for a long time and I was like, man, I am the best in sales, (laughs) but it was so draining. I was working for Gucci and I was like, this is soul sucking because I can't swipe a credit card on a $400 belt when I'm looking at, you know, a, a guy who, can barely afford, like it's split up between four different credit cards or something, you know, it's like that was killing me inside. And it didn't matter if I was the best at sales or whatever, it wasn't feeding me. And so I had to make a decision about what I wanted my future to look like. And that was giving up a bunch of money in some cases, like especially you and I both know, like we were on a reality show where the prize money seemed like it seemed easy, like yeah. too easy. But then you're like, okay, well, what happens next? Where's the, what's the plan? Where do we go from here? And what happens when this well dries up? That's so true. And I don't, I, you know, I definitely don't want to, we could go down a rabbit hole with the challenge, but I think there's such a misconception of what, what that situation is like sometimes and the people <laughs> that were around and, it's just, it is literally, you know, they take everything that helps you grow. They, they take your books. They take your, it's just like you just are sitting in a swamp water, just kind of waiting. And it's so exhausting. I would come back from those things. Just, I could, could have slept for probably two weeks. Like I just, 
in, internally and externally just so drained. It's kind of something that people don't really understand. It, and it's really, you know, I've spent a long time since I've been on the show reflecting about the kind of people that I choose to surround myself with and the kind of environments, like you said, that, that aid in your growth as a person. And when I was not like there's anything wrong with doing all that stuff and like, you know, heck, go party in Cabo for spring break and like, what else? That's super fun. But there's always like a time and place for everything. And I felt like uh, in a lot of those environments, people who were who cared about, um, you know, maintaining their relationships or cared about education or cared about being more uh, reserved with their sexuality were teased and were made fun of mm. in, in the real, you know, no pun intended, but real world, regular life. Those are, are, are things that we look up to and things that we really uh, hold as like high standards of being a person. And it's almost like backwards world where the wrong kind of behavior gets rewarded in a challenge like environment. So, yeah. you know, it's just making sure that you're around people who fill that cup to go back to that metaphor. Uh, yeah, I agree. Are you an empath? Uh, well, I mean, I think that being empathetic kind of, some people would label me as that. Absolutely. I would, I think yeah. I with like self-awareness too. And, mm -hmm. and, you know, a lot of what I have done in the program that I'm a part of and the big thing that any therapist has to go through is really learning a lot about themselves and being really introspective and self-aware. And when you're able to check yourself and when you're able to, to be really honest with your own faults and things that you need to work on, it makes it much easier for you to help others work on the things that they need to work on and achieve the goals that they have. Because you're like, I'm not perfect. Heck, I got a life. I can show you a million areas that I need to work on. Mm -hmm. But knowing that makes it makes better at helping other people. So I think that is where that like empathetic or sympathetic kind of. Um, attitude comes from. I love that. And you, cause I always remember, um, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but you kind of grew up, your mom has always been really in touch with this kind of, not hippie world, but like this kind of spiritual world. Is that right? Boy, practicing psychic, so. Oh, your mom's a psychic? And I don't mean like practicing like she's like, you know, like that's her living. She makes living as a psychic. You can go to, uh, bestamericanpsychics.com and get a reading with Sally Dykes. That's great. Here, hold on one sec. I kind of lost your audio. Did I don't know if it swapped Oh, can you hear me? Yeah, it just kind of went a little muffled. Where? Your mom stepped in. <laughs> yeah, that's it, right? She's um, like, website right. <laughs> there you go. That's better. Um, so your mom, that's so, because then you were... I think like with me and my mom, there's definitely some scenarios with the way I grew up where that didn't happen for a lot of my childhood. But as soon as my mom tapped into this inner hippie that she is, it was like, I mean, it's just, it, I'm so grateful for that. And not to say that your mom has to in order for you to get certain benefits, but it was something that really like to see my mom do some of the, she has this like pendulum and she has all these things that she's always trying to learn and see. It's like, it's really maybe the reason that we are more empathetic or sympathetic naturally to begin with. Absolutely. Hmm. 
Okay. Well, I mean, like, it's like if you are in an environment that encourages you to look at the world in a different way, or you're in, you have parents who teach you not what to think, but how to think. Yeah. It absolutely makes for children who are like that. Do you, um, do you have her read or do psychic stuff for you? No, not at all, actually. In fact, she can't. Really? There's a block? Like a block there. Like, she's really good at, at picking up on things for my husband, things like that. But when it comes to stuff for me, there's, uh, there's like this, I don't know, if it's like a resistance or, or uh, something. Huh. That's really interesting. Yeah. But she's really good at doing it for my friends and, and stuff. But I almost... I, I don't think I want to know. Yeah, I know. I'm like, you know, I like a little bit of the mystery. It's not like she tells you, you know, exactly what's going to happen in the future. But I don't know. I, I'm very pragmatic and practical. And so I like, you know, the hard science and the evidence and those kind of things. And she lives in a very, like, spiritual-based world. For sure. Yeah, that's, that's, they're two different, they're both equally important, but it's, um, there needs to be the extremists on both sides and then, um, in order to have that balance. But I can imagine that those being some interesting conversations. Well, speaking uh, of your pragmatic, practical world, I would love to hear about Brain Candy is literally the, the cutest name for a podcast ever. Oh, thank you. My husband came up with that. He'll, he has to take all the credit. I but uh, Brain Candy Podcast, uh, we say it's candy for your left brain and right brain, a little bit that makes you laugh and a little bit that makes you learn. <laughs> and so we really just take um, hot topics and things in the news or interesting stories we've read or things like that and kind of give you a funny spin on it or just our reverent take on it. And Susie, my co-host, has her PhD in theology. And I'm, like I mentioned, going to be a licensed marriage and family therapist. So we kind of have a, the religious side of it and also the more, um, like, uh, psychological, I guess, side of it. And it brings like good balance. And plus she's like my super best friend and that makes it really fun. So it's great. That's so awesome. I, I think that's just such a great name because you know, you are, you really are full of such fun facts. Like you could, I could ask you anything and you would just be able to talk about it. It's just so great. I said, what job can I have where I can get paid to just talk about whatever? <laughs> podcasting is pretty fun. I, w I will admit I've had so much, way more fun than I thought with podcasting. And you, you just are learning. I think anytime, you know, speaking of like keeping your cup full, I one of my instructors who taught me a lot of the muscle testing that I do, John Jennis, I think my mm -hmm. listeners are sick of me talking about him because I talk about him way too much, but he always talks about how, you know, we have this certain size cup, right? So we fill it up with everything we can and need and it's overflowing because most of us are always overflowing in our cup and not in the good way. We're kind of just mm -hmm. booming from the seams, just about to just lose our mind and lose our hair. And so there's always this kind of thing where people think, you know, take less out of the cup. That's just intuitively what we, we know to be true. Like if there's less in there, if there's less to do, if there's less to stress about, therefore the cup won't overflow. But then there's this concept of people that are always trying to just 
you know, I just don't think that ever worked for me. It never made sense. So he said, well, why don't you just make your cup bigger? And the way you do that for me, when I like really looked at, okay, what makes my cup bigger? It's hands down, always going to be learning because as Mm -hmm. soon as I learn and you're the same, like you learn something nerdy or you learn this new fact and it's like your brain just explodes. It's like, Oh my God. Like it's almost like an adrenaline rush sometimes for your brain. It's just so important. Absolutely. It is. There is science behind that that says you get uh, the same kind of dopamine fix and, and serotonin and dopamine rush from, for some people, from solving the answers to crossword puzzles that you do with anything else that would give you a dopamine or serotonin fix. No way. And yes. So you can, you, if you like that, you are literally addicted to learning. <laughs> I totally am. I never, I mean, I knew it, but I like, now I really know that's crazy. It's like, it's like my brain feels like it's fermenting. If I don't just like read a book or pick up something. I- that was going to be the next thing that came out of my mouth. Where if you don't get anything new for a long time, it would you're you're like in need of a fix. You need another hit. Oh, that is crazy, Sarah. That's like it's just I always felt like it was something like ADD or this weird thing that I just had that I always. Oh, that's awesome. I no, really it's just drugs in your brain. <laughs> that's so awesome. Uh, well, that's myself, and I'm. We are very little, we have very little control. Our brain is doing a lot more than we think it is. And and is is really, really, really having an influence on, no joke, everything we do. So every single decision is, is all, there's always reason behind it. So I love, and I love digging into those reasons because then it helps you feel less crazy, you know? Absolutely. There's a really good book out there that I will recommend. I have two books actually for you that I think you'll really, really love. Okay. And I think listeners will really love. Um, one of them is called uh, The Sports Gene by, um, I think his name's Robert Epstein. It is. I have that. It's on my book stand right now. <laughs> oh my God. That's the best. <laughs> he was uh, uh, one of the interviews that we had on our podcast. And. That's a really good sciencey one that combines science and sports and your body and will totally blow your mind if you haven't read it already. It's so good. And then the other one that I think is fantastic that's not sports sportsy, but will um, give you some really good information that I think makes you look at the world different is called Hitmakers by Derek Thompson. Ooh. And it just came out in the beginning of this year, but that one I highly recommend. It's like every single page is an interesting fact that'll make you just like, oh my God, I get why I think that. It's the science behind why things are popular and what, why it's popular. Huh, I would love that. Hit, hit makers, that makes sense, the title. For, um, for people, like if you have a brand that you want to promote or you have something that you are trying to sell or whatever it is, this is like, how do people go about making something a hit? And oh, I love that that. I'm so jealous you have, that's amazing. I can't wait to listen to that podcast that you had with the guy from Sports Team. Yeah, he's real nice. He's real fun. So that's, it's always nice when you uh, can link up with other people who are like, 
way smarter. I mean, that he's way smarter than me. He knows way more than I do. So we are very lucky on uh, on our podcast, and I've really made an effort in my life to uh, reach out to people, like admit that I am not the smartest because I think I spent a lot of um, my early 20s thinking like I knew everything and I could do everything and like nobody needed to tell me what to do. And I've spent, uh, I spent the later part of it and the early part of my 30s saying, I don't know anything and please tell me everything you know because you know way more than me. And that's been really helpful in helping me like kind of get to that next level and like you say, make that cup bigger. Yes, for sure. And I was thinking with you, because you have school, you have this podcast. Like, I mean, I know full-time school and especially at the level you're at, it's just it's a lot and you just got married. So there's like so many things going on. And I, I was going to ask kind of your, your perspective on taking care of who you are so that you can be able to output what you do for people. Ooh, that's such a good thing to talk about. Um, so glad you asked that. <laughs> well, so I think I've had to, in the past year really learn this. I mean, when we bought a home, that changed like kind of the daily responsibilities I have. We got a dog. We now I'm in school full time. I have my husband that, you know, I like to be able to be a certain kind of wife that I want to be. And I for so long felt spread so thin, like still struggle with that. I just feel like, Oh my God, there's only 24 hours in a day. How am I going to get everything done? You know, I've got a million people relying on me. I'm, uh, what am I going to possibly do? And I found out that the more time I took out of my day for myself, and I'm not talking like, you know, throwing your feet up and like watching soap operas and eating bonbons, but doing something um, that will help you. So for me, I found that mindfulness, and it could be something like a yoga practice. It could be taking your dog for a walk and going on a mindful walk with the pet, um, but really doing something that, gave my mind some time to just be quiet and be still and find that peace and was exactly what I needed. And, and when I get in those moments where I do feel overwhelmed, I just have to go right back to practicing that good self-care and really practicing mindfulness. And I found that the more time I do that, the more time it frees me up to do all the other things that are actually important. Yeah. And do you have to do it? Do you do it in like, okay, I'm overwhelmed. Now I do it. Or are you really good at, I'm doing it as almost this preventative care. Like, cause I'm just really bad at habits, like morning routines. When people oh, ask me about that, how do you the approach wor- that? Hey, it's like the war, I'm the worst at it. So I think for, I was very lucky because one of the uh, classes I took a couple semesters ago, one of the projects we were assigned was a 16 week mindfulness practice. So for the class, I had to do and record, like write down uh, five times a week. I had to do a six to 10 minute mindfulness um, little, you know, audio thing that we listened to. And it was a homework assignment and it literally needed to be an assignment or I wasn't going to do it. I'd be like, I don't need to do it. I, 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 I can't find five minutes of my day, whatever. I'll go do the laundry. I'll go do this. I'll go do that. And I didn't take the time. But when I was forced to take the time and it became more habitual, that's when I really started to reap the benefits. And we did these weekly logs on, uh, you know, changes in mood and changes in attitude and things like that. And 
it, I really saw how it was helpful, but it wasn't until after about week four that it started becoming part of my daily routine. Ah, that's a long time. Well, it's not really because you do your 21 day challenge in four weeks is pretty much exactly 21 days. And we are, isn't it right? Four times three. Seven. Okay, it's cl- close. Three. Three. <laughs> three weeks. It's like how long you need to change your habits and change your body and change your cells and change your thinking and change everything. So that is, you know, it's a real, and you can go to, um, uh, UCLA's Mindfulness Center, they have a website. If you just type in UCLA Mindfulness, they have all these video links to all these uh, audio tapes online and also in different languages too. So you can, for free, so you can have all these and you can listen to them and they really helped me and they're fantastic. And they're like six minutes. But stuff like that has been really important. Um, you know, just taking taking time to take care of myself. For sure. And you do, you do yoga. Do you feel like, um, your exercise, your workout program, that's not yoga. Do you think it's equal? Oh, that's what I really, uh, an area that I really struggle with. And, and like, have sometimes, you know, with anything like I like exactly like what you were saying before you think, Oh God, I got to like take out some of the things that are in my life. And like, uh, there's too much. So what can I cut back on? And often the thing that is like the easiest for me to say, oh, I need to cut back on because it'll free up more time to do the important things is working out. And every single time that I've done that, it's gotten me into more trouble than, you know, and I mean trouble like by my own feeling and my own body and Anxiety. like how I mm-hmm. perform and how I like live, move through the day. It's, it's so important. Like it's part of, become part of my job to include exercise and a something physical into my daily thing. It's just important as being, and you can kind of combine the two. Like a mindfulness practice can also be exercise for some people, like taking a walk. And really by what I say, like being, like being mindful and, you know, yes, they're both super important, but I don't think you can swap. A lot of people, uh, when they work out, it's very um solution and like goal oriented and it's work out with this goal with this in this amount of time to do this to feel this way but with mindfulness there's no goal there's no judgment there's none of that stuff so meditation is mindfulness i has to kind of go in a category by itself because uh you know they do serve different purposes do, do serve different functions but exercise is like the first thing the very first thing that when somebody comes to see me in the clinic and says that they're struggling with depression, the first thing that we diagnose or, or prescribe to them is exercise. I love that because it's just instant. It's, it's the starting for people that's the hardest. And as soon as they do it, it's so good. But I'm so glad you said what you said because I I do feel like there's times where exercise becomes more work and it can become a, it can almost backfire for people. And it's probably because of this whole intention thing. Like I'm doing this to lose weight. I'm doing this to, you know, fit in these jeans. Like the whole time you're there focusing on and motivating yourself and pushing through the sets because you have X, Y, Z to get to. And it's like one of those things where if you just totally check out and you just are moving to move because your body's able to, you leave with a whole lot more energy than you walked in with. 
it's just like going on a long bike ride. You want to get into that flow, that like where your mind is in a different, you're shutting off that inner dialogue, really. Oh, that's good. And that's why, you know, you're such a, you're a great surfer, but that's one thing that I really noticed with surfing. It was like, there was, it was really the cell phone thing. Like you can't have a cell phone on a surfboard and just right. being completely like, you know, so far away from your technology and having this like disconnection with the connection. That was where I was like, oh my gosh, this is what soul food is. This is insane. And I would guess that that is probably why you love riding motorcycles too. Ah, my God, it is. And it's like, because there's no way that you can't contact me. I know that my phone is gone and that's it. And it requires a certain amount of focus and a certain amount of attention, but at the same time manages to free up tons of space in your mind. So those are the exact, that is what they call being in the flow. That is the ultimate moment that we're trying to capture and we're trying to get that's what you little you see a little kid who's like playing and in a world of their own that's where they are you see somebody who's like lost in a book and has been reading for hours that's where they are somebody who's been painting and usually when you're in a state of flow time is irrelevant like you have no concept of time you look up and you're like oh my god it's been two hours yeah that's that's that is like where our minds thrive. It's where the it's where symphonies are written. It's where people amazing sports performances happen. It's like in that flow is where all awesomeness happens. There's a book. I wish I knew the um, author. I'll find it, but it's called Flow in Sports, and oh, that was a really good one for me because I could tell when I was starting to compete in CrossFit, which I don't anymore. Um, but I, as soon as I would hit a certain number on the bar, I could I could feel this disconnection where I cared so much more about like fa- I would think about the fail or what the consequence almost of if I didn't get it. And then this flow in sports was this amazing energy connection, this talk with yourself, the way you approach the bar, the confidence you have, and that was yeah. like oh gosh, I'll I'll think of the name um, or I'll, te- I'll text you a picture. I'll post it in the notes because. That was something that really helped me realize, like, this is so much more than just lifting weight. It's like getting into that zone, and that zone is so powerful. Is For you, is it is it reading books? Is that your zone? Oh, gosh, that's a good question. You know, I think the place where I feel the easiest is yoga or swimming or rock climbing. Um, oh, you! Are, I need a rock climb with you. I've never done that with you. It's so fun. Yeah, uh, I... In and it's for me it's got to be outside it's like i'm a big outdoor you know over indoor i mean i'll take either but i think you really feel that when you're outdoors yeah oh god i bet you're an incredible climber i need to come visit you and frank and just hang out for a week please do well i'll tell you and i i would say the same to go in your direction because both my brothers uh live in uh boulder now one of them in denver and uh if your house ever catches on fire, my brother will be the one to come rescue you. So. No way! What? What? He's in Denver Firehouse. Yes, Denver Metro too. <gasps> That's amazing. Do you know what his district is? What number? Oh, I don't remember. I what is? I feel like I have no idea. I have oh, no idea. Because this is um, I do these like workout Wednesdays on Denver Nine News, and I was like, we have to go work out with the firefighters. So we went to the firefighter oh my house. God. Totally go to my brother's station. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'll like tell me which one he's in because we had I mean it was just so much fun to like they I mean they do all kind of CrossFit workouts but it's like the cool kind where it's like functional training it's not the look cool kind um oh man that's so funny I'm sh- I wonder if we've crossed paths yet that's so awesome yeah I think he was on that Denver nine or whatever that local news thing recently because they did their they all shaved their heads for some cancer support thing that they were doing so yes. they were just on that same thing shaving their heads well that's because yes the anchor that i did it with she was raising money for make a wish foundation there you go uh, small world how fun and your other one's in boulder which i love so you have to come visit yeah thanks uh, can we visit um i'm trying to think so- I could take advantage of all of your snowboarding out there. Oh, gosh, I know. It's just, you know, though, I will say there's so many people moving out here that it's kind of taken away from, like, Mm. so so I think I'm going to travel a little bit more to snowboard other places because this this mountain's getting a little crowded. Yeah, oh, I bet. But you've been been into sport snowboarding forever. I mean – this, that's just, yeah, you know, I've been into, I, I've definitely done it for forever, but just last year or two, maybe it was two years ago, it clicked all of a sudden. Oh, that's such and a I good was, feeling. That's it? That's all I have to do? And all of a sudden it went from being difficult and I have to think about it to like second nature and super fun. Oh, because it, it's miserable if it's that like catch an edge. Oh, it's the worst. Oh. And I live so far away from this. I mean, I, 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 it was so infrequent that I went up there. It would be like, you know, once or twice a year for two or three days, which isn't really enough to kind of get yourself back up to practice. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, then one time, freaking 10 years of 15 years, no more. I've probably been snowboarding for 20 years. And it finally just clicked. And oh. I'm like, oh, I can fucking do this. I- Isn't that hard? I love it. Well, definitely come visit this winter and tell me if you do, because I would love to snowboard with you. Yeah, man, that's that's so much fun. (sighs) Well, good. And then I also, this is one thing that I really wanted to talk to you about because you have, I'm I'm just going to ask you because you're the only person that I think that deserves this spirit animal, but what is your spirit animal? Ooh, well, I mean, my one, like, that I feel like I have to choose is a dolphin. I love a dolphin so much. Yeah. It's like, I, you can't get me out of the water. In fact, it's real funny. They, TJ on the challenge, they always uh, will have these moments where TJ like comes to the house and everybody has to stop what they're doing and get out so you can talk to TJ. And every time he comes, I'm in a towel, like just in the pool. So I am in all those shots with a towel. And I'm always the only one who they have to fish out of the pool. I love so, it. <laughs> and really smart and they're like animals who have sex for pleasure and they're fun and they like to play so I definitely have to be a dolphin you are well this is really funny so I ask all my guests at the end I say what is your spirit animal and some people they have no clue some some people I help figure out but I get the first I have this book by um, Shane Farmer and it's just this like re- weird kooky book that I found in the middle of nowhere Denver and dolphin when you look up dolphin what it is for spirit animal it's like really hot like it's people say dolphin I'm like you're not a dolphin like I love you but you're not a dolphin but you Sarah you are the only person that would that fits this criteria because it's just like it's just it's an animal that is really hard to live up to the standards for and you do (laughs) thank you 
So you are definitely, I'll send you the full hoorah of it because it's, it's a good description. You will be pleased. Oh. <laughs> How do I get to love swimming? I mean, I'll swim if I can get out of the pool. I did this like swim workout yesterday with the impact. Like I love swimming if it's not for laps. I just can't do lap swimming and, or even just like maybe, maybe I could do more open water swimming, but I think I have a really hard time with breathing underwater. Yeah, you know, a lot of it's that's a lot of it is just learning the there's a rhythm to it. Yeah. And learning how to train your breath to breathe in that way. Also, my husband and I started doing triathlons uh, when we first got together and he he knew how to swim, but he was a terrible swimmer. And I was kicking his butt in the pool and he's like, this isn't going to work. So he went and took a swimming immersion class where they taught him how to swim the right way. And now he's better than me. Do they do that all over? Can I find that? All over. And they're like grown-up classes. They're for people who are like triathletes or people who want to do those. They're for like adults who want to learn how to swim. In the, and I'll swim next to somebody. I took. I was in swimming in college, and I'll swim next to somebody and look like I'm using a half of the effort and go faster. There's just a way to move that um, once you learn, you don't really have to work. It's almost like not a workout unless you're really sprinting, you know, because it's like walking. God, it's that sounds so far away from where I'm at right now. Really just, it's like, it's like anything. It's like, uh, um, you know, any, any move that you would use with a bar with, yeah. with weights. I mean, it's like the same thing, how there is a way that if you move it, in the right way, it's fluid and it's seamless and the transitions are easy and the catches are easy. It's like that in swimming too. You yeah. just have to find, just like we said with snowboarding, how all of a sudden it clicks and you're like, oh, that's it? Totally. It's the same thing with swimming. There's an art to it and a motion to it that once you are moving your body in the right way, you're like, oh, I don't have to work hard. This is easy. <laughs> and you then you can like let your mind kind of like, go places. And that's what the flow thing, because I'm so far from the flow. Do you have any suggestions from the therapist's perspective about patience? Oh, okay. Um, Cause that's the issue is like, you know, why am I so patient with the barbell? Um, you know, I think like visually I can fix things. It's small cues and you know, there's something about barbell training and technique training with CrossFit moves that are, I will be a little bit more patient with, but when it comes to something like swimming, um, I just, I feel like I've tried a lot and I maybe, I, but honestly, I probably haven't tried enough. So I think I'm just really impatient. Well, here's what I, cause like one of my favorite parts about being a therapist is asking questions to make you tell me the answer because yeah. I know that you will know the answer. So why do you think that you are so patient with the moves in CrossFit? Um, I think it's because I, I am – so with CrossFit, certain barbell moves, I'm a strong – I've always been naturally strong. And so I know if I can get the technique down, then I can do more weight. And to me, it almost sounds like there's a, a, a respect and a – of your body and why it's important for you to move through that motion in a certain way. Mm -hmm. How I think, you know, that if you 
aren't lined up right or don't have the aren't approaching the bar the right way or how whatever then and your body is out of alignment that you can do more harm than good oh yeah totally and you had you have a respect for the whole breakdown of the move in crossfit because you have a respect yeah. for the how you stand you have a respect for how you the the even the shoes you're wearing and how you hold the bar and there's a respect there and if you think about swimming in the same way and you look at the techniques of swimming is like as how do i have respect for this sport and doing it in the best way so that um, my body can perform at its top level then you will break down the moves of swimming the same way you break down the moves of crossfit that's so true that's so true because both are kind of terrifying because like the snatch it's like it's scary like when i'm about ready to go for you know the one rep max it's like i know there's somewhere in me that has to fight that this could kill me kind of thing mentality even though it might not but it's like this really intense you know it, you could be injured but i think the same i guess i don't if i need to put that respect towards swimming that's yes. so true and, and once you switch once you think about it that way and think about like well, also, as uh, I, if you swim, if you swam every single day for five days and you did it in a way that wasn't um, like a proper form, you're, you would you would hurt your back. I mean, your back would hurt after mm -hmm. five days. You'd be like, dang, I got like a stiff neck and all this. And because you're not in that proper alignment place. Yeah. But if you can kind of have that same sort of outlook for that those swimming moves then you know i think it may be able to help well sarah i'm gonna keep you posted yeah there you go <laughs> i can't wait to hear the update so oh gosh this is so fun to check in and talk to you and this is just as much for me as it was for my listeners um we're the brain candy podcast it's on itunes and stitcher yeah, you can get it uh, pretty much anywhere they have podcasts on Spotify, on uh, on iTunes. Uh, the Brain Candy Podcast is our website. Um, we are Brain Candy Podcast on Instagram and the Brain Candy Pod on Twitter. And uh, yeah, I mean we have we have a whole bunch of fun stuff on our. Um, if you go to our website, the Brain Candy Podcast, we've got a monthly book club that you can sign up for too. And we do every book or every book, every month we read two books um, that are, uh, you know, and we mix it up. Sometimes they're fiction. Sometimes they're really brainy. Sometimes they're, you know, last, last month we read a really funny book called Kanye West owes me $300. So we kind of <laughs> all over the place and we have interviews with the authors there and we have a monthly book club meetings. And then we have a, a private chat group for all the people who are book club members. So there's a whole bunch of ways that you can be super nerdy and have a ton of fun doing it on our website and listen to our podcast. Uh, I cannot wait. I'm going to sign up for your book club right now. Yay! It's real fun. <laughs> well, thank you for joining us, my client. My everyone's gonna love this because you were just what's not to love about a dolphin, Sarah? Oh, thanks so much. <laughs> well, I can't wait to have you on our podcast, and it's been a real pleasure. And I love checking in with you and catching up with you too. Yay! Awesome. Okay, guys, I'll see you next week. <laughs>